Welcome back to Create Space, a podcast that finds joy in the art of storytelling. Today, however, we aren't finding joy. Today, we are sitting in grief. Today, we're sitting in so much pain together. I had another episode planned for today, but I'm going to hold on that one because we need to take a minute to sit in grief and anger, pain, confusion, hopelessness, loss, and any other feeling that you might be having today as we process the brutal killing of Tyree Nichols at the hands of Memphis police officers. The body cam and sky cam footage of the horrific incident was released yesterday afternoon, and I don't really know what to say about it, to be honest with you. I've never seen anything so grotesque. I've never seen such a complete and total disregard for human life. This episode is not to give answers or opinions or anything like that. It's not news to anyone that we have a huge problem in this country with police brutality. We also have a huge problem with racism, and that is also not at all new. I don't have answers to that, and none of that information is new to us. I also recognize that I'm not a valid source of information on either of those topics, and my opinions on the topic don't change anything or help anything or really matter all that much. This is a systemic, deep, multifaceted problem that is pervasive and poisonous to the very fabric of our humanity. So I made this episode for two reasons. One is to highlight to the best of my ability the people and organizations who are doing the hard and selfless and many times thankless work in our own community to fight back against this corrupt system of oppression and extreme violence. The second reason is to tell the story of Tyree Nichols' life. One thing I know is that story builds community and empathy. Learning about people and who they are, reduces unfounded judgment and increases relatability. So for many of us, the only thing we know about Tyree Nichols is how he died. Our brains are full of the senseless, hateful, awful killing that we all saw yesterday with our own eyes. So I've spent some time searching on the internet to learn more about Tyree Nichols' life so that I can share with you the beautiful parts of his life and his soul. Now, the stuff I'm sharing today is information anyone can find on the internet. I've not had the privilege of talking directly to anyone who knew him personally, so please understand that this is not some inside scoop. This is just me trying to use story to heal in the only way that I know how. I've included a complete list of sources in the show notes page where you can see full details from all of the articles that I referenced. And I encourage you all to learn as much as you can about Tyree. And I encourage you to talk about his life as a way of honoring him. He was so much more than the innocent, unarmed man who was brutally and senselessly killed by five police officers. He was so much more than that. The main thing I've learned about Tyree is the importance of family in his life. He worked second shift at FedEx, and every single workday, he would return to his mom's house with his stepdad, who also worked at FedEx, and they would go over their lunch break at 7 p.m. to eat with her. In fact, he even had her name tattooed on his arm. He called out to her, his mom, as he was being beaten to death only a hundred yards away from her home. He was also a creative spirit. In fact, he would have been an amazing guest on this podcast. On his website, he said, People have a story to tell. Why not capture it? Tyree got it, my friends. He understood the power of story and creativity and art. 
He had a passion for photography, and on the weekends, he would go take pictures of the sunset at the park in his city. He said, Photography helps me look at the world in a more creative way. It expresses me in ways I can't write down for people. I love that Tyree realized he could express himself in photos in a meaningful way. I love that he had that creative outlet in his life. The night he was killed, he had just finished taking sunset photos at the park and he was driving home. His website was called This California Kid, and the opening line in the About Me section says, Welcome to the world through my eyes. I've linked to his website in the show notes, and I encourage you to look through it. It's a beautiful way to experience who he was and what he cared about. And while we can't talk to Tyree, we can learn about him from the many people who loved him. His mother, Rovon Wells, said, Nobody's perfect. Nobody. But he was damn near. He was damn near perfect. His friend, Angela Paxton, said, This man walked into a room and everyone loved him. Another friend, Nico Chapman, said, You remember people who really are just kind to you. And Tyree was just a really kind person. He always made me feel really welcome. Tyree was also a father. He was a father to a four-year-old boy. Nico Chapman's father, Curtis, remembers Tyree by saying, Tyree was just real. He would talk about being a dad and wanting to be a good dad and seeking advice. He liked to go to Starbucks to meet his friend Nate Spates Jr. on most mornings. Spates' wife referred to Tyree as a good spirit and soul and a calm presence. I don't know about you, but I know people like that. People who just calm you and allow you to take a deep breath when you're around them. It seems that Tyree was that person to so many people. He was also an avid skateboarder. In fact, he had been since he was six years old. Lots of people have been circulating a video from 2010 that was uploaded to YouTube, and it shows Tyree. He's out at a local skate park, and he is just enjoying his life. I've linked to that video in the show notes as well. His friend, Angelina Paxton, has known Tyree since she was 11 years old, and she said, He was his own person and didn't care if he didn't fit into what a traditional black man was supposed to be in California. He had such a free spirit and skating gave him his wings. He also loved sports and his favorite team was the San Francisco 49ers. Tyree told his mother that he was gonna be famous one day. She says she never realized that this is what he meant. His mother said, he was a good person. All the good in Tyree will come out. And so that's what keeps me going because I just feel like my son was sent here on assignment. Tyree did his laundry every Sunday. He loved chicken the way his mom made it with lots of sesame seeds. He dreamed of launching a graphic design company someday. He photographed his sister Kiana Dixon's wedding for free. The last text message he sent to his sister said, Sister, I love you so much. You hold so much value in my life. I just want you to know that. Now here's the last thing I want to say about this. It's healing to tell the story of his life and to honor him in this way. And I've loved learning about his soul through his friends and his family. But I want to remind you that he didn't need to be a good person. We don't need to hear about his life to understand that this was senseless and evil. People don't need to prove to us that he was a good person or that he didn't deserve to die this way. He could have been anyone, and this would have been just as awful. No one deserves to die this way. Not a drug dealer, not a murderer, not a thief. No one. Now, Tyree was none of those things, and that's important. But we also need to recognize innate humanity. There is no earning in this life. Every single person deserves to live, and no one should ever be killed at a routine traffic stop. 
ever. It doesn't matter if you run. It doesn't matter if you resist. What those men did to Tyree is inexcusable, no matter what, full stop. In an article with NBC News, David Rausch, the director of the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, said, The police treated him in any kind of way, and it hurt. It hurt bad. But he might be the face to turn things around for the better. Guys, we shouldn't need any more faces to turn things around. We have seen so many faces, and we haven't turned things around. 1,176 people were killed by police in 2022. That's the deadliest year on record since 2013. And 2013 was only the year that they started tracking this information. So it's probably been the deadliest year for a lot longer than that. Remember George Floyd in 2020? He was supposed to be the face that turned things around. Breonna Taylor was supposed to be the face that turned things around. Ahmaud Arbery, Cornelius Fredericks, Elijah McLean, and right here at home in Wichita, Cedric Lofton. If we needed a face, then Emmett Till, murdered in 1955, should have been the face to turn things around. Or Rodney King, brutally beaten by police in 1991. The bottom line is these faces aren't turning things around. These faces aren't stopping the heinous brutality that is built into the very fabric of policing in our country. Black people are three times more likely to be killed by police than white people. Half of all people killed by police have a disability. In fact, people with untreated mental illness are 16 times more likely to be killed by police. Police violence is a leading cause of death for young men in the United States. And throughout a lifetime, about one in every 1,000 black men can expect to be killed by the police. This case specifically shows that there are no quick fixes here. Many thought that black officers were going to be the answer. But as UC Berkeley professor and award-winning criminologist Nikki Jones explained, the institution of policing is one that has a deep history in racial control. And you don't get away from that. You're not absolved of that just because you're a black officer. So let's move on to the second part of this episode. I want to take a minute to highlight people and groups that I know of in our local community who are continually working to fight systemic oppression and police brutality. This is exhaustive and complex work, and there are many ways to get involved. I'm also linking to all of these resources and all of these people and groups in the show notes that, so that you can explore further. The Wichita NAACP, the American Civil Liberties Union of Kansas, the Office of Diversity and Inclusion at Wichita State University, the Racial Profiling Advisory Board of Wichita, Dr. Kevin Harrison, Coordinator of Community Engagement at Wichita State, Danielle Johnson, Executive Director of Habitat for Humanity, Kyle Ellison, Executive Director of Heroes Academy, Sharika Fisher, Executive Director of Rise Up for Youth, Ricky Ellison, Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for the Wichita Chamber of Commerce. Wichita City Council Member Brandon Johnson. Bobby Berry, Assistant Dean of Diversity and Outreach for the College of Applied Studies at Wichita State. Core of Wichita, Sunflower Community Action, and the Kansas Appleseed Board. Now this is nowhere near an exhaustive list, and I welcome feedback of all kinds about other people and groups in Kansas and Wichita specifically that you know of who are doing the work and other ways that we can all get involved to help this cause. So please send me an email, DM me on Instagram, send me a voice message, anything. I will share whatever additional resources I can find. So as I close out this episode, I'd like for us to take a moment of silence for Tyree Nichols. And in this moment, I'd 
like to reflect on who he was, the life he lived, the people he left behind, and all of those who are hurting. Let's also use this moment of silence to grieve the 1,176 people who were killed by police last year. Thank you for listening. Thank you for holding space for grief and anger with me. Thank you for learning about Tyree Nichols' soul with me today. It's uncomfortable and it's easy to look away, but stories are important. Even the stories that hurt so much and continue to be repeated time after time after time. I don't know what healing looks like, but I know that somehow it involves the power of story in order to build connection and community. We'll see you next week on Create Space.